Chapter Nineteen of The Flying Stingaree by Harold Goodwin. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Berard. Chapter Nineteen. Lucky Lefty. Rick awoke to fiery agony. His face was burning, the flames searing his flesh. He tried to reach a hand up to ease the pain and found the hand gripped firmly. He struggled, and Steve's voice said, Take it easy, Rick. We'll be through in a minute. The boy subsided and gritted his teeth. If Steve was there, it was okay. But why didn't Steve put out the fire? Don't move, Steve said sharply. I don't want to hurt you any more than I can help. Rick closed his eyes and fought the pain. He heard Steve say, Give me the spray can. Then something cool and soothing spread over his face. An arm circled his shoulder and raised him to a sitting position. He opened his eyes and looked into Scotty's worried face. Rick managed a grin. It's okay, he said hoarsely. If being alive is okay, then it's okay, Scotty said with relief. But you're a mess, boy. Rick looked up dazedly. Steve was smiling at him. And next to Steve, Orville Harris. Glad you're all right, the boy murmured. Thanks, Rick. I'm glad you finally came around. You had us worried for a bit. And, Rick, meet my cousin, Blink. A tall, gaunt man stepped forward. Howdy, Rick. How do you feel? Woozy, Rick said honestly. Help me up, somebody. Scotty lifted him, then guided him to a lawn chair. Sit down. You're too weak to stand. Rick subsided gratefully. He could see better now, although it was nearly dark. There were other people seated in chairs on the Calvert's favor lawn. Vermillion, his electronic expert, and two others. At full length, covered by a blanket, was the guard. He looked up at Rick, his eyes dull and malevolent, but he said nothing. What happened? Rick asked. Joe Vitale stood behind Vermillion and company, his riot gun ready. The JANIG agent was wet up to his armpits. Chuck Howard came into sight from behind Rick, and he carried an open first aid kit. You jump for the balloon, Steve reminded him. He motioned to the bodyguard. This one tried a pot shot at you, and Scotty nailed him with a spear. Then you smashed into the piling and got knocked out. The piling was rough. Your mask was ripped off, and your face dragged along the wood just enough to take the skin off and leave you full of splinters. We were taking the biggest splinters out when you came to. How did your face feel? Awful, Rick said. The soothing effect of the antiseptic spray was wearing off, and the pain was returning. Where's the balloon? On the ground, behind you, Scotty got to you first, and with his weight on it, the thing finally came down. The young agent grinned admiringly. We had to pry your hands off the rocket. Never saw such a stubborn cuss in my life. Out cold and still holding on. Persistent, Rick said weakly. Not stubborn. Did you round up the whole gang? The whole lot. Lefty Chameleon glared at Rick from a chair on the other side of the small circle. Why did you do it? Rick asked. What did you hope to gain? The syndicate chief shrugged but kept his silence 
i can shed a little light steve said some of it is speculation but it stands up lefty knew his appeal against the deportation order was almost certain to be turned down within a few weeks he'd be on his way out of the country the fbi has been trying to get the full dope on lefty and one thing they found was that expensive living had taken most of his money he needed cash in other words this was the way he chose to get it collecting the data transmitted by the research rockets from wallops and selling it rick shook his head then winced it's a crazy idea he said i don't know why i just know it is i can tell you but i can't seem to think there were sirens far away but getting closer scotty put a hand on rick's shoulder don't try to think now old buddy the ambulance is coming plenty of time to talk when you're feeling better rick nodded weakly it was getting very dark he closed his eyes and leaned back scotty kept a hand on his shoulder the ambulance led by a state trooper pulled into the grounds an attendant and an intern jumped out who's hurt the intern asked this one first steve said then the one on the ground rick felt a hand grip his chin and opened his eyes the intern was examining his face with a strong flashlight beam messy but superficial the intern said calmly i'll bet it hurts you win rick muttered how did it happen steve described rick's accident briefly the intern nodded he shined the light into rick's eyes and watched the pupils contract possible concussion we'll check at the hospital he knelt and took a roll of cloth from his bag and unwrapped it to disclose hypodermic needles in a sterile inner wrapper he fitted a needle to a syringe and found a bottle of alcohol and a vial of sedative working swiftly he wiped the vial top and rick's arm with alcohol then drew fluid into the syringe this will help the pain he said and pressed the needle into rick's arm now the doctor said briskly let's look at the next one what happened to him fish spear in the side steve replied scotty and the attendant helped rick to the ambulance he lay down on the stretcher gratefully and closed his eyes scotty stayed with him while the attendant went to help with the bodyguard what a party rick said faintly scotty covered him with a blanket you miss most of it but i'll give you the details tomorrow how are you feeling Froggy. rick's eyes were closed he was never sure at what point he drifted off into deep slumber he knew only that he had no recollection of the bodyguard being placed next to him or of the ambulance leaving calvert's favor rick awoke to bright daylight the pain in his face had subsided to a faintly aching stiffness and he felt fine he knew from the surroundings that he must be in a hospital probably at cambridge he groped for the call bell and found it wound around the bedpost he pushed it in a few moments a nurse came in well she greeted him how are you this morning hungry rick replied promptly the nurse a pleasant-faced woman of middle age smiled that's a good sign let's see what we can do ready for visitors send them in rick said cheerfully or is it just one two 
the nurse went to the door and beckoned i'll send in some breakfast she said and left rick's hand touched his head gingerly the right side of his face was bandaged the pad held in place by tape that crossed his forehead and circled down under his chin he probed gently and discovered that the sorest places were his temple and an area just in front of his ear steve ames and scotty came in and greeted him with wide smiles the nurse says you're hungry steve said sounds like the old rig scotty asked how about crab cakes for breakfast bring em on followed by a dozen steamed clams and an order of fritters rick replied how's the bodyguard well enough so his disposition is pretty nasty steve reported he'll be here for at least a week before the jail cell opens wide seriously rick are you all right apparently there was no concussion i'm fine rick assured him but i'll bet this bandage makes me look like a survivor of custer's last stand steve and scotty drew chairs up to the bed one last look by the doctor and we'll take you home steve told him if you feel up to it what'll i do for clothes rick asked they're in your closet scotty replied we brought them with us last night we took your gear home after the hospital folks killed you out of it good rick looked at his two friends now suppose you tell me what happened last night i must have been out like a light while the excitement was running high scotty nodded i'll start i was behind one of the pier piles when the bodyguard cut the balloon loose i jumped out for a clear shot but by then you had put your spear through the thing i was going to add mine for good luck when i saw the bodyguard reach for the old equalizer and draw a bead on you so i shifted targets i looked back at you just in time to see you dangling from the stingaree like an extra tail and right then you went boom into the piling but would brant ever let go of evidence not you old buddy there you dangled limp as a wilted banana while the balloon drifted along with you i started towards you as fast as i could go which wasn't very fast with water up to my waist wish i could have seen it rick said with a grin so do i scotty assured him chameleon and his friends were also somewhat interested in you they started down the lawn and i was sure they'd get to you before i could only then joe and chuck stepped out of the bushes not ten yards from where i'd been hiding and yelled to the lads to hold fast and get their hands high steve stepped around the corner of the barn with a forty-five in his mitt and emphasized the point lefty and company got the idea and skidded to a stop with all brakes locked i put on more speed and steve joined the chase i didn't see you at the piling steve picked up the story but i heard it when i saw that the boys had things under control with their shotguns i stepped on it and got to you a few seconds after scotty had grabbed you by the waist when i saw your face i had a few bad moments until i could take a closer look you were a bloody mess to put it mildly with more than a few splinters adding color but i could see your manly beauty wasn't gone forever we pried you loose from the rocket and stretched you out on the lawn your pulse was pretty good 
and you were breathing steadily so we gave you a few whiffs of oxygen from scotty's tank for good luck rick could appreciate how worried his friends must have been in spite of their half-humorous report lefty spoke up steve continued it was the only time he spoke he's said nothing since he said there's a first-aid kit in the kitchen we got it and went to work on you of course we put in a call to the police and asked for an ambulance joe vitale kept a watch on the crowd and chuck went into the barn while we pulled splinters out of you he found orville and he also found lincoln harris i remember meeting him rick nodded i was too groggy to be surprised he was okay they hadn't mistreated him link said he had gone up the creek just in time to see them launch a balloon with a rocket on it and they got the drop on him with rifles then grabbed him his curiosity got the better of him he'd heard about the people at calvert's favor and decided to take a look the waterways being free to all navigators orville had a bump on his head but otherwise was all right lefty hasn't talked but i suspect he had plans for their release once he was safely out of the country where is lefty rick asked he and his friends are in the local jail you know lefty is a chump but he's also an excellent example of what happens to people when they start operating in unfamiliar fields why is he a chump rick demanded because every bit of data he went to so much trouble to collect was his for the asking if he'd only waited until it was processed the light dawned rick knew at once what steve meant that's what was trying to get to the surface in this addled brain of mine last night of course wallops island is an unclassified launch site everything about the launchings is reported in scientific publications but steve the soviet embassy was interested in buying the stuff steve chuckled sure but not for a very high price i suspect the reds are so suspicious they can't believe that a country like the united states can afford to give away data they'd buy the tapes just to make sure we weren't holding back information they could use even a casual investigation would have told lefty the data from wallops firings is published by scientific publications scotty pointed out how could he have been so stupid he fell into a natural trap steve answered most people think there is military secrecy connected with rocket firings they don't make a distinction between the civilian space agency and the military services but the law does it says the national aeronautics and space administration is required to report on its scientific findings and it does rick concluded dad has already written a report on the instruments for measuring solar x-rays the scientists who actually use the instruments will also write a report on the data they obtained that's it steve agreed what's a little more puzzling is why the electronics expert didn't know i suspect he has been concerned only with the design of telemetry equipment and not with any actual launchings or space experiments maybe he did know scotty offered he might have kept quiet just to get money from lefty for doing the work on intercepting the data you know we had the clues but it never occurred to us there might be a connection between wallops island and the stingarees 
because who could imagine going to all that trouble to intercept open unclassified data you can get by asking for it rick had to laugh whether he knew it or not it's still a joke on lefty and on us for not suspecting the connection and poor lefty won't have a nest egg to take back to europe with him he won't need a nest egg steve corrected lefty violated the law by kidnapping link and orville i don't know whether we can make a federal espionage rap stick or not since the data he was collecting was unclassified but we'll try anyway he won't be going back to europe he'll end up in a maryland prison or a federal one either way it'll be some years before he has to worry about money lucky lefty rick said a cell of his own plenty of food and no worries about money we did him a favor steve grinned just don't expect any gratitude for a favor like that End of chapter 19